Hi, I'm Dr. Holly Tett, and with over a decade working in clinical psychology and dog behaviour, I've built my business into a small but mighty empire, allowing me to help thousands of dogs and their people each year. And the best bit? I'm no longer burning myself out in the process. And now I'd love to help you to do the same. This is the first dog trainer podcast to delve into the real talk when it comes to working as a dog professional, the highs, the lows, and how to provide emotional support for the dog, the human caregiver, and also for you, the trainer. So if you're a force-free dog pro who cares deeply for the dogs and people that you help, you are in the right place. Welcome to training dogs, training people, and keeping our together. Hello, hello. Today we're going to be talking about how to stand out in a busy market. So there's no getting away from um, the fact that the dog training market is busy sometimes. So depending on where you live, it may be super busy in your area. There may be lots of other trainers or behaviorists or hydrotherapists or veterinarians or whatever it is that you do. If you work online, there's certainly lots of lots of um, other trainers, for example, in my case, or behaviourists that work online. And of course, when you're online, you have access to large other parts of the world that also speak your language. So if you speak English like I do, then you could potentially be you know, seeking customers from Australia. Australia is really far away from the UK, but I do have some customers in Australia, for example. So that opens up. A much bigger market but it also allows you to see that there's tons and tons of other people that are doing a similar thing to you so I think sometimes this holds us back because we feel like what's the point I can't possibly make a splash either in my area or online because there are so many others that are already doing it how how on earth am I going to stand out in this busy busy market so it can be a way for us to kind of get down on ourselves to feel like maybe this isn't worth it maybe we can't do it all of that negative stuff can start creeping in and especially if you do try and put yourself out there and say hey here's my thing and you just don't get that many people interested we can start to feel oh well it's because there's all these other other people that are competing with me that are trying to do the same thing that I'm doing and maybe they are better at marketing or they've got fancy graphics or they've got a store or they've got a training facility or they've got whatever it is that makes me feel inadequate in comparison okay so if you've ever felt like that then I'm going to give you my 10 top tips today for making yourself stand out now there's probably a hundred tips we could have done but we would have been here for a long time so I just wanted to choose 10 and the first one is I'm sure you've all heard this but just remembering there is more than enough to go around more than enough so I'm going to give you some stats that I've literally googled five minutes ago so In the UK, 13 million dog companions, pet dogs, whatever you want to call them. This is a small country, okay? And we have 13 million, 13 million (laughs) dog guardians out there. In the US, 65.1 million. (laughs) Canada, 7.9 million. In Australia, two in five houses have a dog two in five (laughs) now I just chose the countries where I have the most customers because I thought that that would be helpful we could have gone to any country in the world but as you can see in those big English-speaking countries some of the biggest 
actually, you know what? <laughs> There's a lot. There are a lot of dogs that need help. There are a lot of people with dogs that need help. And there is more than enough to go around. Okay. So what about if you don't work online? What if you work face to face and you say, you know what? Great. But I live in a small rural area. There aren't that many. Well, have you considered doing some online work? Because if it is the case that you live in a hamlet with six people and only one of them has a dog and it's a two-hour drive somewhere else, sure, that is logistically going to be quite tricky for you to fill your customer book. So we then need to think outside of the box. If you don't want to be travelling for hours every day, which I certainly wouldn't, then, okay, let's think about what options we could have for working online. I think COVID did us a favour in that regard. It didn't do us a favour in lots of other regards, but it did here because it really showed us that we can get outside the box there's there's a way to make stuff work online and thousands and thousands of dog professionals are showing that so even if you do something hands-on even if you do something like canine massage there's plenty of canine massage courses for example digital courses that you could you could branch out into so if it is the case that you are completely constrained by where you live then there is the option to take things online as well so the point is that there is more than enough for everyone there's no way that all of those dogs are being served by the right person currently okay so number two don't keep starting from scratch so this is something i see all the time so a dog professional will, will get an idea to do something, let's say it is, I don't know, a new programme or a new service, and they're really excited about it, and they put it out there, and they don't get the take-up that they hoped for, maybe they wanted 10 people and they only got two, and so they just write it off, and they say, well, that obviously wasn't the right idea, that obviously wasn't good, let me try this thing. So then they try the second thing, they put that out there, and again, it doesn't have the take-up that they hoped it would, okay, let me try the third thing. And they just hop from thing to thing to thing, trying all these different ideas, essentially trying to find that perfect golden million pound idea, right? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes we strike gold and we have this idea and it just, just goes crazy and we're like, wow, how is this happening? That is very, very rare very rare. We've all heard the stories of people that have had incredible success in what feels like an overnight, but it is very rare. For the most part, what we have to do is we have to do our market research. Do people actually want this thing? Let's ask them. Once we've found something that people want, then we put it together, then we test it, and then we have to actually test our own abilities of selling that thing. Because you could have the best service in the world, but if you don't know how to communicate that to people, if you don't know how to explain how it's going to help them, they're not going to buy it. <laughs> so you hopping and moving to the next idea and the next idea isn't going to get you any further along. Instead, once you've got something that you've asked people that they would want and they've said, yeah, I'd love something like that, then stick with it, stay with it, hone in on it, ask for feedback from your clients, make it better, get some support to learn how to market and sell that thing so that you can actually help the dogs and the people that you want to help. Because people are out there asking for it, they need your help, but if either they don't know you exist or you're not very good at telling them how you can help them, then they're not going to work with you. So don't keep starting from scratch is tip number two. Number three, this is a bit of a mindset one. If you can sell one seat, one course, one program, one one-on-one, -on -one, one group service, one product, dog product, 
one session with someone, you can sell two, ten, a hundred, a thousand, a hundred thousand, etc., etc., etc. Once you've sold one, that is proof right there. Someone wanted that. Someone wanted it. So if one person wanted it, let's think of the 13 million other people in the UK, in my case, who potentially want it too. <laughs> let's think of the 65 million in the US who maybe want it as well. That means there's a market for it. And again, it then just comes down to your sales mechanism, your, your, your process essentially that you have within your business to make people aware of this thing that you've got and then to tell them how it can help them. Simple as that. That's all it comes down to. Sure, there's things that we need to learn and you know we can get better at it, but that is ultimately what it is. Here's what I've got. Here's how it can help you. Here's how you can get it. They are the three. <laughs> okay. So next one, number four, I think. Yes, we've spoken about this before, but collaboration over competition. So we get very caught up in the idea, like I said at the beginning, that others are competing with us. They are taking from us. They're taking our customers. You know, we, we need to look at what they're doing and, you know, make sure that we're doing something different or something better so that people come and work with us rather than working with them. Um, we can get very envious, especially if people seem really much, much further ahead than us. Oh, gosh, I wish I had a business like they did. They must have some special magic secret or someone helping them or maybe they have loads of money already that they can invest, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so often what we do is we distance ourselves from others because of an envy element a jealousy element or just because we feel like we're so far behind like who am I to reach out to that person right actually collaboration is the way that I like to look at it I cannot tell you how much my business exploded when I made more of an effort to collaborate with other professionals firstly I learned from them of course you're always going to learn from others Secondly, I made connections. People knew who I was because I'd had a, a connection with another dog professional. And then, of course, when I reached out to make a second collaboration or a third collaboration, what normally happens? So think about it. If someone reached out to you and um, said, oh, would you like to come and do this thing with me? And you were thinking, mm, I don't really know. I haven't heard of you. I'm not sure. Is this scammy? Mm. And they said, oh, well, actually, I know your friend... Mary, for example, what are you going to do? We're well, going to call Mary. You're going to say, hey, Mary, Mary, I had this um, email from Holly. What's she about? Who's she? And they're either going to say, oh, steer clear of Holly. <laughs> or if they've had a positive experience with you, they're going to say, yeah, amazing. Go for it. She's great to work with. And then that connection has helped you to make a next connection. This happens to me all the time. I have friends or colleagues that message me or email me and they say, oh, do you know this person? They've reached out to me. And I say, yeah, they're amazing. Go for it. Or mm, they can be a bit tricky. Think about this, this and this. Okay, so it's really important to make those connections um, and then that opens up a world for you because people are going to start saying, yeah, that person's great to work with, go for it. Okay, next one. Remember, no one teaches like you do. So if we are doing a recall course, for example, and there's 10 of us teaching it, 
we're all going to do it differently. <laughs> we're all going to draw on our own experiences. We're going to use our own anecdotes, our own stories. We're going to structure our classes differently. We're going to give different homework. We are going to talk about what recall is and how to do it differently. Like, even if we all followed the same curriculum, we would all teach it slightly differently. That's just the nature of being individuals. So, it doesn't matter if there are a hundred other recall courses all on sale at the same time as yours. What makes yours different is you and no one else can ever copy that. So people copy all the time. I've had people copy my stuff. It's really annoying. But yes, you can take my program and you can sell it. But you will never be able to copy who I am. So I always offer... Um, some kind of support with my programs whether that is group support via zoom or whether that is one-on-one -on -one support they can't take me when they copy my stuff and offer that as well they could do their own but it's never going to be quite the same as if I did it and the same is exactly the same for you so just hold that in mind and remember that that it really doesn't matter how many they are there are and actually when there are a hundred other recall courses what does that tell you that tells you there's demand for recall courses. <laughs> we know that anyway. We know lots and lots of dogs and people struggle with recall. So it's, 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 an amaz it's amazing. Let's give the people what they want. Let's give them something that they actually need. Okay, I get too passionate about this stuff. <laughs> Next up, achievable consistency. So I'm going to use an example from my own life this year. So my intention January 1st was to do an Instagram reel for both of my Instagram accounts every single day this year, as in the whole of 2024. I should have known myself better than that, right? That was like, that was never ever going to happen. I think I got to day four and then it dropped off and I've done one since it's now as I'm recording this the 23rd of January <laughs> so when you are trying to be consistent give yourself something that's actually achievable consistency is the most important thing in business it's not about how often you post on social media how often you run your puppy class how often you offer a discount on your service that's not what's important it's what that what you do is show up consistently for the people and the dogs that you help so if you have a Facebook group, you're posting it consistently, whether that's once a day, once a week, once a month. If you are running a course, a course you show up to take that class, to run that class consistently, consistently every week unless you have an emergency. Those are the things that are important to your customers and to your business. <laughs> However, it has to be something that you can actually do because otherwise you're not going to be consistent and that is what lets people down and makes people think about looking elsewhere for support. So make sure you're doing something actually achievable. So what I've told myself now is I'm going to do a real, at least a real a week on Instagram and that feels much more doable. <laughs> okay, next one, we have four more. So next one knowing your numbers now this is very boring no one wants to know their numbers do they of course they don't <laughs> no one wants to spend time thinking about their numbers however this is crucially crucially important when it comes to having a well-running business if you don't know how many customers you have coming in if you don't know how many sales you're making of a certain product what is selling what isn't selling if you don't know how many spots you have available for coaching like it's just it's not going to be well run you're going to be feeling like you're constantly chasing your tail even more than you already feel like that I expect um 
And that is what unfortunately means that someone might be more likely to go and see someone else than you. Because if, for example, you say, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see you next week. And then you look at your diary and you're like, oh, no, I can't. Oh, I have to go back to them and say, oh, no, sorry, I can't see you next week. I see the week after. And then something else happens and gets in the way. These are the kinds of things that make people go, oh, I don't really feel held in mind I don't really feel like they care individually about me and that's just one example um so we really want to think about if we are looking to build and scale our business we need to know our numbers we need to know what sales we're making we need to know what plans we have how we want to grow so we can actually see the progress or not and then we can do something about it okay next one Unfortunately, I'm sorry to have to break this to you if you didn't already know, but you need to learn how to market your services. So we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but I'm going to put a bit of a different spin on this because lots of us get worried about being sleazy and salesy. I've definitely had that worry and still do sometimes um, when it comes to advertising or marketing my services. So let me just explain this a little bit marketing can be whatever you want it to be when we're looking about marketing and advertising what we're doing is we're just we're doing what i said earlier we're saying here's my thing this is how my thing can help you and this is how you can get my thing so that can be done in a multitude of ways that can be done via email marketing it can be done via Facebook, Instagram, TikTok marketing. It can be done via collaborations, like I said earlier. It can be done on the podcast. What we're thinking about, though, if we don't want to be sleazy and we don't want to be salesy, is actually marketing, again, it's you, right? So, for example, if you set up a Facebook group with no intention of really selling anything, you just want a place for people to feel safe and secure to ask questions about their dog. So you set up a Facebook group, people start asking questions, the community grows, the community starts supporting each other, people feel safe there, people like going there and reading the comments and suggestions. What you've done there is marketing. You haven't sat down and written out a a sleazy sales email or a sleazy poster, but what you're doing is you're building trust in your customer base. You are saying, this is somewhere that you can come to share your thoughts, feelings, ask your questions. So when the time comes for you then to say, you know what, I've got this paid option for you, you're already halfway there because you've already got their trust. And then you're just adding on that extra little piece that says, here's how I can help you and here's how you can get it. So when we're thinking about content creation, often people are like, oh, do I have to post on Instagram? Do I have to post on Facebook? No, you don't have to do anything. It's your business. However, If you think about it this way, if you build up that relationship and that trust, you don't have to worry about the sleazy marketing because people will come to you. So I woke up this morning, my Instagram following is really quite small, just over a couple of thousand people. I woke up this morning and I had five messages in my inbox on Instagram asking if I had space for people to work one-on-one with me. I didn't recognise any of the people. I don't think I've had conversations with them before. They might have spoken to my team, but I don't think so. So how did they find me? Why did they message me? From following my Instagram account and seeing the kinds of things that I post on there and thinking, yeah, that resonates with me. 
No DMs, no personal one-on-one conversations, simply putting out things that resonate with me and my values that also resonate with those people and their values. So if you are worried about selling and being sleazy, think of it that way. Think of your content creation as your easy way in to get people to like what you do and then they'll come to you. And that's even better, (laughs) the least effort ever. Okay, two more. So the next one is looking for proof. So, oh my goodness, there's such a saturated market. What am I gonna do? How am I ever gonna get myself out there? Well, firstly, you don't have to be the biggest name in your industry. You can if you want to. If you wanna work towards that, go for it, but you don't have to be. But secondly, look at someone you admire. Look at someone with a business that you admire. That's just a normal human being. (laughs) I don't care if they have been in business for 50 years, if they've made billions of pounds, they are a human being (laughs) with the same fears and doubts and worries that all of us have. So if they can do it, why the heck can't you? Why can't you? Nothing is stopping you. Absolutely nothing is stopping you from doing exactly what they have done. And I find this to be the most helpful thing whenever I'm doubting myself, whenever I'm worried about, oh gosh, should I put that course out? I've seen another one exactly like it. You know what? None of that matters because if someone else can get to the level that that you want to get to, you can get there too. And actually using someone as like an anchor point can be really helpful. So get someone in mind that you're like, yeah, your business is really cool. That's what I would like and go for it is my my advice okay and last one again this is a bit of a mindset piece but this is about being mindful of your own language the language that you are using when you are talking about a busy marketplace for example because our brains they catch they latch onto that they catch that stuff so if we're walking around saying to our friends and colleagues oh yeah you know what I've got all these great ideas for my business, but so many other people are doing what I'm doing. There's, there's no space for me. It's a really saturated market. It's a really busy market. And I'm not sure this is going to work. I might have to do something else. Your brain is listening to all of this. It's coming from your brain, but your brain is also listening to it. And so what it does is it looks for evidence to prove that point. So you will start seeing, you know, more people doing some of the stuff you're doing. You will start seeing less inquiries into your inbox because your energy is such that you're not attracting people in. You're not taking actions that you need to do to attract people in. You're maybe quite static and stuck. And your brain is looking for further evidence of this belief that you have that you can't do it because everyone else is already doing it. So if we start using that language, we get really stuck in this negativity cycle. So instead, you don't have to believe it if you don't want to. Just start saying if, using those kind of, "Mm, it could be this or it could be that type sentences. I'm not saying you have to be like, everything's amazing. I'm going to achieve all my dreams this year because that's a bit fake, I think, sometimes. However, you can do something in the middle. So you can say stuff like, you know what, it is a busy market, there are lots of other dog trainers in my area, but there's lots of dogs in my area, so I think there's probably enough for everyone. You could say, "Mm, I've got this really, really good idea for, like we said earlier, a canine massage course, but I'm not sure how well that's going to go across um, publicly, will people feel safe and comfortable doing that in their own home? 
you know what, I'm going to do some market research and I'm going to find out. So all you're doing is you're just kind of balancing it, essentially. You're saying, I've got this worry or this concern. However, we could also look at it this way. Or we could take some action to see if that's a valid concern or not. So it just opens up a few more options for you. And options make us feel in control. They make us feel like we have a purpose (laughs) and we know what we're doing. And that can only be a good thing when it comes to business and entrepreneurship. So that is my top 10 for you. I hope that's been helpful and I will speak to you very, very soon. Also, quick note before I go, we are gearing up for our annual keynote conference, um, which is our dog behaviour conference that pulls up dogs. We're kicking off in February. Registration isn't open just yet, but it will be next week and I will let you know on the podcast. It's free to join. It is our biggest event of the entire year and it's incredible. We've got some amazing speakers and things lined up for you this year as always. So I'll let you know about that next week. All right, take care. Bye for now.